0: Hey friends, today we have an excellent guest for you today who is perfectly marrying together our emphasis on both leadership and also wellness. I am so excited. We have Kate Morton. She is a registered dietitian. She is so fun. Oh my gosh. I literally feel like I have just known her for forever after following her and after Zooming with her. She uh, definitely is one who values connection and it comes across She's the founder of a menstrual health company called Funkit Wellness. I'm going to link to everything in the show notes, but um, I have used her seeds before. She is a huge proponent of seed cycling and she basically takes something that can help your cycle and just how you feel and help you create really just a roadmap of how your body feels on a on an average month-to-month basis she takes that and she makes it a very simple step-by-step process in anybody's kitchen anybody's pantry anybody's lifestyle very attainable and all it requires is a little bit of consistency she's also just an incredible wealth of knowledge like she loves researching on her own and she's constantly learning and then she shares that so i encourage you to follow her um a couple of my just favorite takeaways from our conversation uh she has this great perspective on failure i think failure can be such a scary thing sometimes especially to those of us who you know we have an idea we want to pursue it oh but what if we fail right and she talks about how failure from her perspective is when we don't give ourselves the chance or the opportunity to pursue that idea or to to you know, do that thing we've always wanted to do. Failure is not giving ourselves a chance or an opportunity to do it. I love, love, love that. And then I asked her a lot about, you know, what has gotten you to this point because she has built her business from the ground up and um, navigated through all the crazy ups and downs of that. And she just talked about the importance of consistency, doing one thing each day to move her business forward, doing one thing each day to get her closer to where she wants to be. So those are all things that we can, that we can incorporate and we can and I'm really excited for you to hear from her. Welcome to today's episode of the Best You Can Be Leadership Podcast, where we offer bite-sized lessons and steps that you can implement as a part of your journey towards becoming the very best that you can be. This is your podcast host, Brigida Bornstein, and just so you know, for planning purposes, we release a new episode the first and third Tuesday of every month with some amazing guests. Thank you so much for joining me for today's discussion. I hope you'll return my handshake to you. You can do that through becoming a part of this community on Instagram, my website, bestyoucanbe.com, or by subscribing and leaving helpful comments. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for hopping on. I'm super excited to chat with you today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I can't wait to dive in.
0: Yeah, we were just nerding out before actually hitting record, and I literally feel like we're already longtime friends. So I am just super appreciative of you, of the stance that you take, of the leadership you give. We'll get into all of that stuff. But um, although your bio just played for everybody listening. but, Can you just introduce yourself to us and like maybe share like a fun fact or two or something?
1: Yeah, my name is Kate. I'm a registered dietitian. I've got my undergraduate degree in kinesiology and nutrition, and then I got my master's degree in human clinical nutrition, and I have not always been in hormones. Um, We'll get into that later, how I ended up here. I'm also the founder of Funkit Wellness, which is a menstrual health company that focuses on giving you real food supplements from first period to last because there's so many amazing things in our food, and we will also nerd out about that. Um, I live in Austin, Texas. I'm married to my high school sweetheart. I have an adorable dog. And a fun fact about me is I'm really working on conquering my fear this year and like getting into weightlifting. I've also, I've always been kind of like intimidated in the gym and been like a cardio girly. And I was like, you know, I really want to get strong and I want to build muscle that's going to last. I'm about to turn 29 and I just feel like I'm really trying to establish all of these beautiful, healthy habits to take into my thirties. And so. Yeah, I'm working on weightlifting this year, which is kind of random, but fun.
0: Way to go. I am like cheering you on in that, but I can totally relate. It's definitely like, I feel like most people feel like that way because like, it's kind of this way where you can't not go to the gym and like, there not be a person that's like, oh, I'm better than you or whatever. And like, I'm judging you because you're only lifting X amount of pounds. But yeah, so that's
1: like my friend and I, we go on Wednesday mornings and we weightlift together and I'm feeling really good about it.
0: That is awesome! Oh my gosh, way to go! Okay, um, I absolutely love that. Uh, just because I don't, I don't think that everybody will know um, what seed cycling is. Can you explain it to us in just like very simple terms and why it's such an important habit to incorporate?
1: Yeah, so seed cycling was one of my like first introductions into hormone health Um, background on me. I have been on birth control pretty much my entire life and I had horrible symptoms on birth control. I decided to get off of it while I was living in New Zealand. And I thought that I was going to enter this like holistic goddess cyclical wellness space. I actually ended up having like the worst acne of my life. My cycle took like six months to come back, which was just, I felt like my body was broken. When it did come back, all those issues of why I got on birth control in the first place, like cramps, acne, severe mood swings, all came back but they were worse than ever. Mm-hmm. And so, I was trying to find, but I'm also a dietitian and I really like to use real food because I think food is such an empowering thing and an empowering tool. Um, and it's also more accessible for people. And so, I was trying to use real food to help with my hormones, but I didn't know a lot, so I was talking to my doctor In New Zealand, my dermatologist actually, and they recommended seed cycling. And I actually blew them off because I thought it was like a joke. And then I had a friend recommend it to me who I really trusted. And I was like, okay, I'm going to look into this. And I didn't invent it. And people was like, did you invent seed cycling? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I just heard about it from a friend. I decided I wanted to give it a try. And essentially what it is, is step one is tracking your menstrual cycle, which that was really new to me in the beginning of all of this. i had never really been a cycle tracking person, but from the first day of your period to when you ovulate, you have ground pumpkin and flax seeds, one tablespoon of each organic, if possible. Then after you ovulate and your temperature spikes, you switch to organic ground sesame and sunflower seeds, one tablespoon of each. And in a nutshell, your body has different hormones and there's four phases of your menstrual cycle, but there's two main hormones, estrogen and progesterone, and they actually need different nutritional support. And eating these seeds syncs that nutritional support with your cycle in a way that's really attainable and really easy because as much as I'd love to be like, let's customize your grocery list this week based on exactly where you are in your cycle. That's not super attainable. That can be overwhelming and a little bit restrictive. So seed cycling is just a little nutritional bump that's going to support those hormones.
0: I love it. Okay. Well, let's just have you as the expert who is encouraging seed cycling, and then I'll be that friend. <laughs> because I was the exact same way, actually. I um I had our friend, we have a mutual friend, Leah, and she Suggested to me seed cycling, and I was like, Are you kidding me? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Who came up with this? But for everybody listening, okay, Kate is the expert, I'm the friend. We're both saying, Do it, you won't regret it. It is definitely something that is, I love how you said attainable, it's so so attainable, but um, it definitely takes somebody walking through it, and so I appreciate just getting that explanation out of the way. I promise we're going to get into like some more leadership because. Kate, we were talking about this already, literally right before I hit record. But um you just have such a like I feel like you are at the perfect intersection between leadership and wellness, which is like everything we talk about. We have like literally built your own business from the ground up. You're such a positive and encouraging um but consistent presence in your leadership, in walking people through this on social media, obviously in person too. Um and I just appreciate that so so much. So I really want to get into you know, just like your journey, your journey, growing a business, um, you know, share as much or as little as you want. Um, but take us on that journey from, uh, leading up to you getting funk at wellness to where it is today. Um, and I'd love to know, I mean, I think the answer is yes, but were you always a team or did you start as a team of one? Um, did you start as a
1: team of two? So
0: team of two, I thought that she came later.
1: No, so I'll tell you all of it and I'm going to be really vulnerable and really honest with you guys because this journey is not pretty the whole way through. And vulnerability is also something I'm working on this year because it's so easy to like see the highlight reel on social or whatever you're consuming podcasts and not see that actually there is some dark stuff that happens underneath the Mm -hmm. surface. And anyways, I'll jump into it. So like I mentioned, I had all these hormone issues and I really. Searched. I did not want to start my own business. I worked for a startup at the time. It was like, I saw how much work it took, financial strain, mental, emotional, social strain it just takes. And I just, I didn't want to, but I had this feeling it's like nagging, nagging, nagging. It's like, you need to do this. Everyone I talked to was interested in learning more about their cycle. They were going through the same thing I was going through. And then actually, when I started coming out the other side of my hormonal struggles, I realized it's really not fair that this isn't. Out there for people. So I called one of my really good friends who's a graphic designer, and we've been trying to start businesses like on the side together. We wanted to write a cookbook together and all these like little things. And I was living in New Zealand at the time, and she was living in Denver. And I was like, hey, I have an idea, and it might be crazy, but I want to make something a food based product that can help people with their periods. I've been doing seed cycling, there's no one else doing this right now. And I think it's a good idea. And it was like the middle of the night for me and like really early in the morning for her. And she was like, okay, let's do it. And I was like, wait, what? You actually want to like do this with me? And she was like, yes. And so we started from the beginning. She's like, you know, I don't really understand the hormonal stuff, but. I'm really good with graphic design and we can work together and like make this a really fun experience for people. Because That's always been our goal is periods have a bad rap and they're not something that are typically like meant to be enjoyed. And we wanted to make it fun for people to understand their menstrual cycles. We also wanted to rip away the stigma of talking about your period because that's such a thing. You know, you're told time and time again, keep that private, keep it quiet. Don't talk about this at the dinner table. This isn't appropriate. It is and we can talk about it. Yeah. So those were our goals going in. And that was two 20 – I think I was 20 – we were both 25. Our birthdays is like two days apart. That was like two like super ambitious, naive, excited 25-year-olds. And I tell everyone I would never trade that first-time founder ambition for anything because it gets you through just so much by pure will of like just trying to figure things out and you don't know any better. I didn't go to business school. I didn't know certain things we were doing were hard or impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the beginning of it. And then I moved back to the US, moved to Austin, and I just started making the product in my kitchen because I was making it for myself. And I was like, okay, before we really jump in and do this, like, let's let's see if this is what people want. And so I started making it in my kitchen. I've got like all these old photos of like our packaging, which is just like so cringy and running them all over Austin, delivering them. People were ordering them all February 20, I was working a tech job and saving up money to start my company. And so, in February of 2020, I quit my job and I took six thousand dollars that I had saved, and that's how we started Funkit and we launched our website. Wow. Um, and I was still making it all in my kitchen. I had, you know, the state of Texas come in and approve my kitchen for like manufacturing uses. I was using my Blendtec blender. Um, so that's how it started. And then the pandemic hit, and everything changed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to make the $6,000 go as far as I thought. I don't know what to do. I'm so overwhelmed. So I got two other jobs and Claire kept her full-time job and we both worked more than full-time at our other jobs and we worked on Funkit at night Wow, for a year. And so, yeah, so that was the beginning and it was really, but it was this crazy time of like so many unknowns and like it really didn't feel that scary at the time because everything else felt so much more scary. Yeah. But that's how we started. And then in July of 2021, I was able to quit my two jobs and do Funkit full time, which I'm like incredibly grateful for. And that's when that journey started. And I would love to tell you it was all rainbows and butterflies, but I think that being an entrepreneur forces you, or I mean, really just any high-pressure experience in your life, forces you to confront the things about yourself that maybe you're not comfortable with.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I, like this October, hit just like an absolute – I had given a TED Talk, which was so incredibly exciting. I had just filmed a TV series that – who knows if it'll ever come to light. We have no idea. Um, And I had spoken at South by Southwest, and it should have been The happiest year of my life, and I was so sad, and I was so miserable, and I wasn't sleeping. So I started going to therapy, and I'm like working on myself. So I think I'm actually now so much of a better leader than I was even those other two years leading up to it. So that's like a little snapshot. That's probably like way too much information, but that's like a snapshot of the journey.
0: (laughs) Wow. No, I actually have so much that I want to ask just about that. Um, And thank you for sharing that. I mean. Because you do, we see these leaders, and it's like, oh well, shoot, they just—they were like that since they were little, and they've never had ups and downs. But I really do think that behind most people that we like are drawn to and like really admire, like most of them have had have fallen down and had to get back up so many more times than we could ever imagine. And I think a lot of it is, you know, whether it's uh, falling down emotionally sometimes or mentally, just having to like really work through things. I know that I've been through of like a two year season where I was just way down, but being on the other side, it's like, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't trade those hardships for anything. Um, they're hard when you're in it, but then you you become such a better asset and a friend to all the people around you, whether it's in a professional setting or um, in a you know fun setting. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Oh my goodness, um, you're extremely humble. Um, I wanted to ask you though, okay, like, your story has way more grit than I think I realized just on surface level. How did you two, you know, I I mean, I just want to ask, like, what kept you going? Working full time job and two jobs for you and working on funk at wellness at night? What kept you going when it was really, really hard?
1: I think for me, what's always kept me going, because let me tell you something, if I started this business to make money, I'm in the wrong business. This is not a business to start if you want to make money. But I think I never wanted anyone to feel as alone and confused as I felt navigating like my hormonal chaos. And so I think every single day when it was really hard or like when I felt like I couldn't do it or we were running out of money, which has happened so many times. We've gotten so close to running out of money. It's like, I just remember that the reason I do this and the reason I get up every day and the reason I love what I do is because I love the people I work with and I love the people our products work for. Mm. And so I think it's one of those things that my goal always been to help people. And if we aren't helping people, we're not doing our job anymore. And we're not doing why we started this. And like, We're like really true to our core values. Education, leading with education is an authenticity is like something we strive so much in our business. And that's what keeps me going. It's like, if this can help someone, if my product can help one person today, if this social media post can reach one person, then I'm happy. And so I think that was it. And I think I also had a little bit of this trying to prove to myself, like I could do it. And I think that that's another thing is like, I wanted to help people and I wanted to help myself. And so I think I found a lot of healing through this experience as well.
0: I love that. Um, You know, and it's so funny because looking back on when I got my very first box from you in the mail, I think that comes across like your desire to really serve people because even, you know. I could say this doesn't matter, but I actually do think it does matter. The packaging is adorable; it's very thoughtful. I remember it came in the cutest box with a sticker, and like like the stuffing. So the stuff was like nicely, the seeds were nicely placed. Like I actually remember that, and I remember being kind of excited. Like it made working on something that could be, you know, making you feel defeated, like ah, like my cycle's awful, I feel awful. Like it makes that kind of fun and cute. And and I remember that um, I got a ton of free recipes and like little cookbooks that were like digital and separated out by season. So it was like, oh, fun. Like, let me make something fun and came with a little, um, uh, a little education card right off the bat that reminds me, oh, okay, this is this half of this cycle. So you guys like really do an incredible job at that. And I think it definitely, I mean, I think it comes across, um, but that's amazing that you were able to keep that front and center, um, I just, I don't know. I mean, did you grow, did you envision it growing to like what it is today? Or was that just like, did it seem really far away?
1: You know, it's so like interesting when I think about it. I don't know what I envisioned. I Mm. think that like what I envisioned, like I think I did envision it growing to this, but I also can't believe that it has. Like I'm very big in like uh, mood boards. And like, I don't think when I started first working on my cycle, I ever thought this would be the outcome of it. Mm-hmm. But I think once we started connecting with people and hearing people's stories and helping them, I did. I was like, okay, this has to be, this has to grow because if yeah. this grows and this space grows, that means more people have education and access. And so I don't think I ever could have anticipated it growing this much, but I always hope that it would at the same time, if that makes sense.
0: I love it. Um, something else that you said when you were kind of just sharing your journey is you, you know, you said, okay, so I had this idea and I love that because I, I feel like I have so many friends and even me, what's that one saying? There's this one saying that like, what's the, where's the richest place on earth? And it's a graveyard because so many people, you know, get to the end of their life and they haven't pursued their ideas and their dreams. And they've just, you know, they've, they've they've just had to leave the world with them. Um, and not to sound like super grim or something, but um, I love that like you had an idea and you took action on it because how many of us were like, oh, this would be a great book. I could totally write that. Or like, oh, this would be a great you know podcast I could start or business I could start or thing I could make or do. And um, whether it's because we're busy or maybe we don't believe in ourselves, I feel like so many of us don't actually take action on that. But um, is there something that you feel like helped you Like take that idea and like, okay, well, I'm going to act on it. Or was it just like really knowing the value behind what you had to offer and kind of cling to that service for others?
1: You know, I wish I had some like grand insight to share here. Like I truly wish I did. I have just always been someone that doesn't think twice and for better or for worse, like there have definitely been times I'm like, oh, should have thought that (laughs) one through. Um, this just felt, I'm a big believer in listening to yourself. And so I think that's something I battled a lot, probably in my early twenties, like always second guessing myself. So like, I shouldn't say I've always been this way, but my commitment to myself has always been, I'm going to trust my instinct and I'm going to try because my biggest fear is someday not trying all of these things. And I've really tried to reframe what I think of as failure because failing is something that's really scary to me. And I work on that with my therapists and like defining success and defining failure and all these different things. But my definition now is like not giving yourself a chance. So like I want to give myself a chance to thing, but I also think too, I really have a around me that I like to like soundboard off of. So I think a trust to bounce ideas off of because- I had some really bad ideas. Like I really wanted to start this like nail polish that could be like different colors that was non-toxic. Cause I'm really into like doing my own nails and everyone around me was like, yeah, I don't think you need to get into the nail polish world. Like I think that's probably not. And like when I started talking about this, I was passionate about my friends were like, yeah, you should do that. That sounds like a good idea. So maybe jump in and then also listen to your friends.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. And I don't want to misquote you, but so failure to you is, is not giving yourself a chance.
1: That's exactly it. That's like, it's not giving myself the opportunity to do something.
0: That is good, Kate. That is like quotable. Um, Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Okay. I like that. Failure is not giving yourself a chance or an opportunity. And I love that you just jump right in. That is not me. On the other side of the spectrum, I can go back and forth on it and just like until the cows come home. And then eventually, though, I am like, all right, Brigitte, you need to cut it out. Um, but that's okay. We can balance each other out. And I also have people that I listen to. And, you know, when you surround yourself with the different personalities, there are going to be people be people that are like, okay, maybe let's think about this a little bit more. Or, okay, like you need to jump on this. So that's really um, that's also really good advice. And kind of like along those same lines, I wanted to ask you, um, like for you personally and like please like feel like you can brag on yourself as much as you feel comfortable what qualities do you feel like you have that have gotten you to this point of uh influence leadership business of course I know we've we've mentioned a few but what do you feel like in your character has really contributed
1: you know this is something i think about a lot of like okay what is what can I bring to the table? Like, what can I offer? And like, how can I help? That's Mm -hmm. like always, and maybe it's because I'm like an oldest child. I don't know what it is. I'm always trying to like, how can I be helpful? And so for me, I actually think something that is so underrated and we all have the ability to do is be consistent. Mm -hmm. And I swear to you, consistency and showing up and making space to grow something is honestly like to me so much of the battle is I there were days I didn't want to show up or I didn't want to work on this or I didn't want to be here. But I reminded myself that like if I could just do one thing to move my business forward that day, like on the days I really didn't want to do anything, if I could just do one thing, reach out to one person, try to connect with one person, you know, share one thing on like an Instagram story, write a new piece of content, then I could move my business forward and I could show up and I could be proud of myself. Um, So that's one. I think another thing that I like about myself is I genuinely love to connect with people. I Mm. genuinely love people. I love when our customers email us. I love when they DM us on Instagram. I love working with new like brand partners. And so I think that showing up and being consistent and, you know, I haven't always been able to be as consistent as like, you know, we're a small team. And we get spread really thin and I can be really bad about answering different things, but consistency and like just love of connection and love of education. Mm -hmm. I love to learn and I love to share what I've learned. And I'm down a whole rabbit hole. If you follow me on Instagram, you know, I'm down my rabbit hole about like toxic underwear and all these other (laughs) things and like lube and all these other things. So I just love to learn and I love to share.
0: Yeah, I um, know. I'm excited for that answer because I was like, huh, I never thought about that. But I me either. I love that. And yeah, consistency is key. That is really great advice. And it's so attainable. It's like the seed cycling. It's attainable to be consistent um, because you just kind of have to make something a habit. And it can be so small, like you just said, um, literally just doing one more thing. But I mean, it's so easy to throw in the towel. Our minds can just like be really obnoxious about that sometimes in my opinion but
1: it's hard it is hard imposter syndrome is so real Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it definitely is um so that's you I guess like in terms of other people in your life do you have like maybe two to three qualities that you admire most in a leader just like generally
1: things that I admire in other leaders is you know my husband is an amazing manager, sales director, and he can just have hard conversations like it's nobody's business. Like he doesn't like conversations, but he's so good at having them. And he's, which I'm an emotional person. And so I can leave with emotion a lot of times. So I really admire like objective ability to have hard conversations. I also admire when I look at like the other leaders in my life is just ability to inspire people and to be a positive, inspirational source. I think that the world can get really heavy and I think that great leaders can really inspire us to do great things in spite of ourselves. And then I think the third thing is transparency in leaders, like just knowing where you stand with people, never having to guess and like really sticking to their guns on things. So I think the hard conversations one though is the one I'm like man I really struggle with that one so I would love to just be able to do that more oh, easily. That
0: hard. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, it's so hard. Um I feel like with that I mean you really just have to trust that like people know where you're coming from, you know? Yeah. And like that they can see your heart in it, but oof. Yeah, that's hard. Um good answer. I like that. I Want to switch gears more into like the wellness side of things. Um, and I guess, well, normally I would ask this at the very end of the podcast, but really quickly, where can we find you and where can we follow you and stay up to date on all of your rabbit holes?
1: So, my personal rabbit holes, if you're interested in all things like wellness, like that's not fun care related, I go down some crazy ones. Is Carbs and Kate, so like carb, like you eat and Kate. Um, I'm a dietitian, I have to have a food pun in there. And then Funkit is FunkitWellness.com, and our Instagram and TikTok are also Funkit Wellness. So those are the best places to find us.
0: Thank you, thank you. I'm going to put that in the show notes too. But I wanted to ask you, kind of along those lines, so whether it's social media or books or any sort of anything, who are some health related people that you think we should follow?
1: Okay. I really love the Healthier Together podcast by Liz Moody. It's one of my favorite podcasts. She covers like a really wide range of different material, which I enjoy like consuming. Um, That's my favorite podcast. When it comes to like people to follow, um, Girl Who Eats, my friend Jamie runs that account. And it's really great if you're trying to understand non-toxic living, because that's something I'm really working on right now. And She breaks it down. Like she's really good with ingredients and things like that. Yeah. Who else do I love? There's so many like cycle influencers that I just like love. They're all over Funkit's page. So you can go look at any of those people. But I just – I love to consume health media.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I appreciate it because it's sometimes it's hard to find people that will resonate with you. Um, But any recommendation of yours I think is one that we should all take very seriously. Um. I wanted to ask too, more into wellness, you know if we if you could have us all incorporate just one tiny wellness related habit today other than other than seed cycling, um what would that be? Just one tiny thing daily to help us all feel better?
1: yeah, I have two
0: okay, two is fine,
1: two okay, so a good night's sleep number one um and that can be really hard and really tricky, so my caveat to that is finding one stress relieving exercise that works for you and to help you have good sleep. And so I'm like a jaw clencher and I never was until I started a business, but now I got this nasty jaw clenching habit and I have just really tried to like work on like every time I go to clench my jaw, like deep breath in, deep breath out because I was getting migraines really bad Mm -hmm. from it. And so for me, I love to do those like breathing exercises throughout the day Um, and then also wind down at night so I can get a really good night's sleep. I have an aura ring, which if you're watching, if you can see the video, you can see it. I'm obsessed with it. I'm not affiliated with them at all, but I love them. Um, So yeah, I think like finding one way to de-stress during your day to help you sleep and then also tracking your period.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a good one. Do you have any tips for that because like that is something that we can all learn from for you
1: yeah so i really love we talked about this before we hopped on but the aura ring which is this ring i have on that tracks my sleep also tracks my temperature mm-hmm. it integrates with an app called natural cycles and it kind of takes all of the guesswork out of tracking your cycle for you because it's tracking your basal body temp and then it's also um putting that all into a chart so you can look at everything Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I second that. Again, here we go. Kate's the professional and I'm the friend. We're both telling you to do it. <laughs> and it's, I mean, and it's so simple at first, you know, when my friend Leah was like, Hey, you really got to start doing this. I was like, are you kidding me?
1: It's overwhelming.
0: To take my temperature every morning for five seconds. When I wake up, I was like, you've got to be kidding. But like, it became so second nature. Didn't think about it. Took two seconds out of my day and literally made the world of difference because then- you know, just with a little bit of input, you get so much output. You can, you know, you can tell where you are in the month and you can, you can just adapt your, your workload or adapt your um, output level and workouts. And it's just like, it just becomes something that's so in the back of your mind that I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? Like, this is literally a roadmap of my entire body.
1: It truly is. And I was going to say that, like, I use my menstrual cycle for pretty much everything in my life. Like, we just wrote a blog on like how to sync your Valentine's Day with your menstrual cycle or, you know, for me, like with work, like I'm in my follicular phase right now, which is like the phase after your period where estrogen's rising and you have a lot of energy. This is like the time I love to record podcasts and make mm-hmm. content because when I hit my luteal phase, which is like the week and a half before mm-hmm. your period, two weeks, I don't want to do those things. So it's not you. It's not your fault. It's just where you are in your cycle and you can actually use it for your advantage, which is very cool
0: yeah totally, totally. um that's awesome, Kate. I have one last question, although honestly, I feel like I could come up with like a million more. um going back to just like your incredible business growth journey uh and really paving the way for what now just serves so many people, what advice do you have for any other young woman who wants to start her own venture?
1: Yeah, so oh, so much advice, so many things that I would. Wish I would have known. I think my biggest thing is, you know, really test your idea. Mm -hmm. Really like lean into it. Figure out why you want to do it, where this is coming from. Because there is a way forward in like any business venture. But also something I've really struggled with and what pushed me to the point in October when I was talking about like I was just at my all-time low. Nobody knew. But now I'm feeling great is Hustle culture is going to try to tell you you're never doing enough. Yeah. And on some level, you have to figure out what success looks like to you. And, you know, you can't sacrifice everything for your business or everything for your venture you're working on. You know, your emotional well being, your social well being, your physical well being are all greatly important. And I've come to the conclusion that no business venture will ever be more important to me than those things. Because, you know, I wasn't having time with friends and family. I was skipping out on vacation to work. My health was suffering because I was stressed and not sleeping. And, you know, I was just at the point where I thought success had to only be focused around my business. But really now, like I've got such a healthier work relationship with like work. I make sure I get my movement in. I'm eating healthy. I'm spending time with the people I love. I'm making time for new experiences. My business is doing better than ever. So hustle mm-hmm. culture wasn't working for me. It was just making me miserable and everyone around me miserable.
0: Mm. That's really good advice. I mean, the pressure for that, especially with social media, the the pressure to like, okay, I just got to do more. I got to stay up later. I got to um, like, who cares if I'm tired? Like the pressure for that is a lot. Um, it's a lot. So I appreciate, I mean, obviously like somebody too on the other side, like, I feel like you have some major credibility to be able to say that. And I, I appreciate it. Um, Well, shoot, that's all the questions I have for you, even though I really do want to ask you more. Do you have anything else that you want to share? Floor is yours.
1: Just that, you know, track your cycle, figure out where you are, lean into learning about your body. It feels overwhelming, but it can be so empowering and you could just do it step by step by step it doesn't have to be all at once. Um, And if you are thinking about starting a business, you know, like you can do anything you put your mind to, but remember that you matter through that process. Like you're not a product of your productivity. You're a real living, breathing human being that deserves like love and care while you're also starting that business.
0: Mm, That's really good. Thank you so much, Kate. I'm so grateful for your time and just like the encouragement you poured into us and just sharing your journey. I'm really grateful.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been so fun.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on the Best You Can Be Leadership Podcast. If you are as excited as I am about diving into our potential and stepping into the very best versions of ourselves, then follow me on Instagram at bestyoucanbe. And don't be afraid to send me a message. You can also visit bestyoucanbe.com and fill out a contact me form. I can't wait to meet you. In this episode, I've stuck my hand out to introduce myself to you, but go ahead and do the same for me. Tell me who you are, what your story is, and what you would like to see most in lessons to apply to your leadership experiences. Until next episode, keep going, keep growing, and keep becoming the best you can be.